1: Cleveland. I'm here with my co host Jack. Jack, how are you, mate?
2: I'm really good. Um, Looking forward to this start of this sort of free agency roster review period. It's going to be really, really exciting. Okay, great. And what room are we going to do today, Jack? So we're starting with the wide receiver room today, but we're going through eight different rooms on the roster and we're looking at where we are not only in 2019 but in 2020 with 2021. Because if you're John Dorsey, if you're any team in the NFL, when you start making decisions on free agency, when you start making decisions on draft, you're looking three years into the future. And that's why we're doing three years now. Because, hey, we're big picture guys as well as uh, small
1: details. And when we put the name down for wide receiver, there was only one person we wanted to speak to. Well, you've got one person out there that
2: knows the Brown roster from, like the back of his hand and knows the wide receiver room like the back of his hand. So it could only be one guy. It's the awesome host of Locked On Browns. It's Jeff Lloyd.
0: Jeff, how are you? It could not be better, guys. Uh, For you, Jack, happy early birthday. And hopefully when we put the end of this recording, uh, we celebrate in style. I mean, if we're doing champagne bottles for wins, we might as well do it for Jack's birthday, fellas. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, uh, wide receiver position, and and as you guys know, I I go through a lot of this on Twitter. I mean, everybody gets so excited, you know, whether whatever big name comes up, whether it's Odell Beckham, whether it's Mike Evans. And I I just, I, I don't see the theory in spending your riches in that avenue. Um, If you go over the second half of the season, I mean, can you really look back and say, man, the passing game and the wide receivers, that's really where we need to kind of upgrade. It it, it just, and you're very young in the wide receiver group. Uh, You have to expect a lot of these guys are only going to continue to grow as players. So it's for me, it's a big position, but I also think it's maybe a little bit of a big position about nothing. Where maybe you're going to look for, uh, you know, to make, you know, some sort of hitting free agency. We're going to get into that, obviously. You know, there's a name I like that I think will just flow right in here. Um, sure. Are you going to draft one? Well, I mean, right now you have 11 draft picks. Sure. You might as well draft one. Um, but, you know, and then set yourself up for a nice competition where you have, you know, 10, 11 uh, legitimate guys in the offseason who could make this roster, which, you know, in the competition, you know, breeds champions. That's the way you look at it. So, really fun to get in this with you fellas here this evening.
1: All right, great. And um, should we go through the um, who we've got, and uh, then maybe look at where um, where we need to fill the holes? How does that work, Jack? Yeah, it's perfect for me. So we'll start with the
2: biggest name in the uh, wide receiver room, Um, the one that's on the most money is Jarvis Landry. So we're looking at fourteen point zero five million in twenty nineteen with eighteen and a half. So one hundred percent, there is no chance he gets cut this year. But uh, next year, you're looking at 14.55 with a 4.5 million pound cut price. 2021 is 14.8 million with a 3 million pound cut price. So the question is, guys, I've put my neck on the block and I've said he won't be a Brown after this season. He's going to be gone by the start of the 2020 season. What do you think?
0: Well, for me personally, and here's the thing, you know, we took a lot of took a lot of heat for this one. Uh, but as you guys know, me and Pete Smith, we've been on this. And this was when he was first acquired. Everybody looked at the statistics. And so we got Jarvis Landry. We got Jarvis Landry. But they didn't look at everything. And there were things like we tried to say, like, look, Jarvis Landry, his best statistical games are going to be in losses. Um, you, you look at his Carolina game. This was the game this year he had in a win where it helped the team. Um, you now, and everybody, you know, uh, you know he, 149 targets. You want a lot more return from the amount of targets Jarvis Landry had gotten in this passing game. But now you got to factor in Antonio Callaway, who everybody really, really came away impressed with, work ethic, the way he just carried himself. Rashard Higgins, who seems to be Baker's, like, I'm in a bad spot here. All right, where's 81? Because 81's going to get the ball in this spot. David Njoku, you're going to hope he gets more balls. Rashard Perriman, nine games of Rashard Perriman. If he does come back, you figure another 30 targets there. So now you're taking Jarvis Landry almost below 100 targets. So it's a significant amount of money he's going to make for a guy that you're hopefully not going to – I mean, a guy you're looking at that you're not going to throw the ball to as much anymore. Um, In 19, I don't see any reason, any way he gets out of here unless somebody trades for him. But it's going to be interesting how that plays out because – and this is the one thing I said with this episode with Pete – is. You know, Jarvis Landry's 26, but he already became quickly in an odd spot at 26. He's the old man of the wide receiver room, and it seems weird to say that when a guy's only 26, but it's going to be fascinating to see how this all works out with this wide receiver position.
2: Yeah, and the interesting thing to note is the review from um, Miami was he was great in the dressing room until they stopped throwing the ball as much as way, and the minute they stopped doing that because it wasn't in the team's best interest to winning – he became a giant problem child. So that is something we've got to be really careful of as a Browns of, there is incredible chemistry through this room. And that's not just Jarvis, that is across the entire roster, but that can suddenly become, start becoming very, very bitter if the ball's not going his way. So it's something we've got to keep an eye on, of balancing that out because for all of it's about efficiency and you only throw the balls, to the most efficient wide receivers, you don't want, problems in the dressing room that is going to drag everyone
1: down yeah my view is on landry is he is great on the culture side and um jack's laughing at me as we say it but <laughs> jeff's laughing now as well great so
0: um, but i'm laughing at jack laughing <laughs>
1: He has. He is one of the catalysts to turn around the culture in the dressing room and we've gone from a, a losing, him and Randall coming in, we've turned from a losing dressing room to a, a winning dressing room. He's out there trying to sign players for the Browns, he's a great ambassador and um, I always find very excited that most of the times when the ball goes to him, he catches it and does something positive for the team.
2: So the, the, the biggest name he's out there trying to chase is uh, Lev Bell. So. Are you telling me, Paul, you want to bench Nick Chubb for the next season and sign Lev Bell on 17 million a season? Do you want to trade for Antonio Brown? Do you want to give up a first and, say, a, a second first-round pick to sign Antonio Brown and sort of... Then uh, you're looking at your two wide receivers, Brown and uh, um, Landry, because he these out there, and they're all having fun with it, so I'm not, I'm not taking it too seriously, but the same angle of... They're out there signing these players. They're unrealistic targets. They're never going to happen. And if we sign any of them three, including Von Miller, which Garrett's laughed about, was it would be a detriment to our actual franchise. They're great names, but the, what you'd have to give up in trade value and cap, it's not worth it.
1: Well, we know it's not going to happen, but it's great marketing.
2: I'm happy being nice and quiet on all all this stuff. But uh, the next name on the list is Antonio Callaway, who's signed up for the next three years, all for less than a million, which is fantastic. And the cost is sort of half a million or less if you want to cut him. So you could happily move on from Callaway if he does have a, let's just say, accident. We've seen Josh Gordon, Callaway. It was only just a uh, a roach in the car, so... Fingers crossed to move on. That the interesting name um, I've got on this is Ricardo Lewis. Um, he looks like he's on the mend. He's signed up um, for less than a million next season. He's a restricted free agent now in 2020. He didn't play last season. That could be a name that we see um, hang around for a, a couple of years. He's he's going to have to fight for number six spot on the roster. But don't be surprised if he makes the roster this year. Jeff, well, the thing. Yes, but well, the
0: thing the thing Lewis came into is he had a reputation of being a good special teams player. And everybody who wants to put together these, you know, Madden types of franchise, you know, of wide receiver rooms, nobody counts into the fact that, you know, you can't have all right, well if Jarvis Landry wants Antonio Brown on this team, does Jarvis Landry want to go cover punts? Because like that's things that are going to have to happen. This is what fourth and fifth and sixth wide receivers do. Um you need those guys to do it. It's just the way the rosters work out. Ricardo Lewis, it helps him that he was a good special teams player, you know, in his time, you know, previously with the Browns. But this is what I'm talking about here. We're going to get to 10 to 11 names and guys that can go through OTE, OTAs together and go through all these workouts. And look, I mean, and then you throw in, obviously, you know, that, you Now, keep in mind, John Dorsey brought in five wide receivers alone in his first, you know, year on the job. So you have that, you have some of the holdover guys, obviously with Higgins, obviously, you know, with Louise. So these are guys that are all going to you know, get an opportunity here, but you're going to have to battle. Uh, the reason would be a great story because, always, you know, a guy with a neck injury, it's something you always, you know, you always think, man, it's over. Um, but it looks like everything's positive and he's going to get a chance to compete and come back and go to work here in the league. So he is an interesting name, but the problem is, you know, we know there are some thoughts here on the old regime of players, and he hasn't done anything while John Dorsey's really been GM of this team. So it kind of <clears throat> puts him behind the eight ball in that respect. But definitely a name, size, speed guy and can play special teams who could compete. You know, if things work out. It wouldn't stun me if he ended up making a final 53.
2: Yeah. Um, next name down the list, Perryman. I think we're all expecting him to re-sign. I don't know what the number's going to be. We've floated it with different people. But, um, Paul, do you think we see a Perryman back?
1: I think we do. I was going to ask Jeff. Um, Jeff, any idea what you reckon Perryman would cost us on a
0: contract side? I I think that's going to be the way it works. Um, You know, does his camp say, look, let's just get one year and we're in this system, obviously, with a really, really good young quarterback who seems to have to work with Brashard Perriman and put ourselves in for, you know, money later on down the line. Um, Knowing he, you know, I know a little bit about him and his family. His father's a former pro. Um, He's got probably most of his first, you know, round contracts stashed away. So does he go that route or does he say, you know what, I'm really comfortable here? And for three years in Baltimore, I was never comfort, comfortable. I was never confident. So if the Browns, you know, shoot him something, you know, two years, you know, $7.5 million with incentives and guarantees, it could get closer to $10 million. I think that's certainly possible. Um, you know, like we say a lot when we talk about it, why would anybody be looking to run away from Baker Mayfield right now? If you found some success with Baker Mayfield, I don't think you want to, you're not going to look anywhere else and say, oh, the grass is greener over there. I think you know what you've got. So, I mean, it could be, what, one year, $4 million, you know, two years, seven point five, where he could maybe make $10 million, somewhere in that area. I, you know, I mean, he didn't do a, you know, statistically, he didn't, you know, destroy things, but he did a pretty damn good job. So, you know, it'll be interesting. And, you know, look, I mean, this is the one place in the NFL he's had success to this point. And we make a lot of talk here about, you know, John Dorsey likes to be very big fans of the moves John Dorsey makes. They brought Rashard Perriman in. It you know went from just like a, oh well here's a guy that can you know, play a couple of reps because we're you know we got a bunch of guys injured to oh wait a minute we're gonna throw the ball to 19 and he's gonna make big plays against Carolina he's gonna make big plays against Denver he's gonna make big plays against Baltimore and all of a sudden it went from uh you know okay well you know a guy getting a second chance at his career to oh you know a guy who's done a really good job.
2: Jack,
1: do you think we can afford Perryman?
2: Oh, 100%, we can afford him. I think is. It's yeah, as Jeff says, it all comes down to what he wants. I'd I happily sign him up to a three year deal. It wouldn't surprise me if he goes for sort of, I want to take a one year, give me two and a half million and let me do it and um we'll see what we discuss after that and and I think that might be a trend you see with players if they're going, Look, and you saw Jason Fitzgerald was chatting today about what Tyreek Hill would want um as an extension in the uh Kansas City Chiefs and he said, Well here's what Tyreek Hill would want as a normal wide receiver, I think he said 18 million. But he said, because you've already signed a uh, Watkins to 16, Tyreek Hill's perfectly reserved, and he's going to come in and pay me 20 or I'm off. And that's the danger we've got of having a Landry, having a Hubbard. It pushes the price up in all these rooms. Um, And when people are saying, oh, there's cap money, throw it around. That sort of throw it around now hurts you for about another four or five years. So where the prices were a lot lower, they're now going up and up and up because you're trying to stack. And you generally stack around average players to you, but if there's a player on your roster that's being paid X, you're always X plus if you think they're better. So there's dangers in there.
1: Okay. Um, One thing about... um... Uh, the whole setup is if we have Kitchens, do you think you'll go with five wide receivers? It wouldn't surprise me if we have five on the
2: roster rather than six. So, a standard NFL team will have six, but the way Kitchens plays it regularly, you see two wide receivers out there, or th- two wide receivers, maybe three tight ends, you see um, a mixture. It wouldn't surprise me if we move from the standard sort of three running backs, one fullback. Three tight ends and a um, six wide receivers, and we sort of drop one of them wide receivers and get a bit more of tight end talent. But it could also be a case of they shift the um, offensive tackle room, they bring in some stronger tackles, and Kitchen changes up his playbook. So I don't, we need more knowledge on sort of Kitchen's before we make a judgment of how he wants to set up his offensive room. Is he just putting in blocking tight ends because? He's scared of Robinson and Hubbard, and that's one of them no one's going to know until we start seeing the roster moves and sort of what the roster is when the season starts.
0: Yeah, for me, that's definitely a a to-be-determined feature. And the other thing, though, is look, and you're going to get into this spot here because you're a better team now with a better roster is you may end up cutting somebody you didn't want to cut, but you had no choice. And, you know, like, you know, people – this is what happens Labor Day weekend. People feast on, you know, good teams that can't keep some players just because it comes down to a numbers thing. Um, but, you know, if you look at it, if it's, if it's Landry, if it's if it's Perriman, if it's Callaway, if it's Rashard Higgins, that's four there right off the bat. You've still got, you know, guys that you're going to maybe pursue in free agency, guys you're going to draft. You've still got the Derek Willies. You've still got the Damian Ratley. You've still got, you know, you're probably going to end up keeping six, and, and the calling card might be for a six-guy is, He can play special teams and doesn't see mental offensive snaps. But there were times you saw this year where, you know, you'd have Callaway and Landry on the field. They'd be off. It would be Higgins and Paramount. They had no problem. I mean, I don't think they viewed anybody as wide receiver one, as a, you know, more of we like these two on the field together. We like the matchups. We can work that way. And and vice versa. And then, you know, like sometimes where there were David and Joe, who played a wide receiver spot in some of these sets. I think, you know, and this is the way the NFL is now. You want the versatility. You want the defense looking back and forth at each other snapping their heads going, who's got who, who's got who, wait, wait. And that's what you want up until you snap the ball. And, you know, the more that is, the better, especially when you've got a guy like Baker Mayfield. Hmm.
1: Jack, what do you think uh, Higgins is going to cost us if we uh, sign him up? So you, you've,
2: you've basically got three options with Higgins. You can give him an original round tender, which is just over $2 million, which um, if any other team offers a deal... Um, we have a choice of either matching that deal or we can allow him to go and we get a fifth round pick in return in this upcoming draft. You can give him a second round tender, which is we pay him three million. No team's going to match that because for however much we like as a fan base, Higgins, no one's given up a second round pick for him. So that's going to cost you three million for a year. Or you can just go out and straight up offer him a deal. Um, I think you can sort of use the two together and go, look, we might tender you a second round tender, so give you a £3 million tender. We then want to add a £6 million a year, three-year deal to the end of it. We're going to give you £21 million over six years. Just sign that straight up. And I, I think that might be the best thing we can do because the trouble is you're going to get a player like Baker Mayfield that is going to elevate players. And however much as fans and uh, people following the team, we want our quarterback to elevate players, suddenly a player that wasn't quite as good becomes twice as good and then wants to be paid twice as much as what they should. And suddenly you run out of money. So from the angle of, I would rather sign him up as early as possible, because if you're signing Higgins now, he's never hit a thousand yards. You're signing Higgins a, a year from now after sort of a original round or second year tender. Suddenly you're looking at a thousand yard wide receiver that is going to cost a lot, lot more than it used to cost.
0: For me though, I think I would just go with the second round tender. Because if I don't think you're going to have to pay him the money that Landry got, so well, no. you know you figure if Landry's not going to be here in 2020, you know you're losing Landry, but it's going to cost you more to keep Higgins around if he continues to progress like we do. Um, that that may be the avenue just to go to for now, um, because you know, and and Jack never likes to spend any free agent money, but Jack, I'm going to spend a little free agent money. I'm gonna I'm gonna spend it this spring.
2: But no, if you, if you give him the third round tender and straight away you can start negotiating that deal. So you give him the third round tender and then you use that to sort of go because every player wants it. Duke Johnson signed a undervalued contract because he well, didn't not
0: really because he doesn't get the numbers because they don't well, give him the ball. But that's another story.
2: <laughs> as in. He signed a deal that if he'd have hit free agency last year or this year, he could probably have hit some more because, hey, he's coming out fresh whereas lots of running backs aren't. <laughs> Most and certainly. It, if you sort of sign that third year, uh, put that second round tender on him, suddenly you're going, right, come back in, sign the deal. We want to tie it up. But, look, we're going from a position of we've got you down for $3 million this year. Let's piece it together with 6-6 six, six, and 6. Whack it. Here's what the deal is. We'll give you – plenty of guaranteed in there, let's get it done. So you can use that to time into a deal and you bring the price down because the trouble was Jarvis came on a franchise tag that pushed his price at a minimum right up, whereas if someone's starting on a minimum of 3 million and you're going, right, we both agree you're worth 5 or you're worth 6, suddenly you tag a 5 million or 6 million pound three-year deal to that, you average it down with that sort of cheap first year and suddenly you've got a nice cheap deal Whereas, it's, it's why you extend a player a year early when you've got a, a Miles Garrett. Miles is going to get extended a year early for the pure reason of you bring that price down across all the future years yep. by using that cheaper fourth or fifth year and you package it together. So, I've, I'm more than happy to extend it, but I think, yeah, you use that second round pick to bring that price down over the whole length of the contract.
0: It's, it's, it's definitely a fair point. There's no doubt about it. Especially, I mean, if he were to blow up in 2020, then you're talking double digits in millions, oh. of course.
2: Uh, I, I think you're talking, yeah, six uh, million. If you no, but I'm now, saying, but if he only yeah, gets the three,
0: three mil for 19, and then he goes up and puts a 90, you know, a 90 for 1,000 in now, all of a sudden, yeah, I mean, exactly. He holds all the cards.
1: How do you feel if we get an injury, say, Callaway, and um, we don't sign Perryman? The wide receiver room suddenly looks very empty. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's finish the wide receiver room oh, before sorry.
2: we start throwing around free agent targets. You've you, <laughs> you, you got a show sheet. Come on, I even did a show sheet for you, Paul. So, all right. Let's the, go to Derek Willis then. The final big name is uh, Mer- um, Damian Ratley. Signed up for another three years. All under a million. Um, you got one and a half, um, 100 grand and uh, 50 grand so. Who knows if he's hanging around, he's fighting for sort of a, a sixth wide receiver spot. Um it's it's just it's gonna depend on what the room is. And then after that, you've got Derek Willie's, Blake Jackson, um, who are signed up for release next year and uh can be held around for a year after, and uh Daniel Williams, no one's probably even heard of. He's can be um exclusive rights free agent for the next three years. So in all honesty, I'll be surprised if any of them three are here beyond the practice squad spot.
0: It's going to be difficult um, because you figure it, most likely you're going to sign a free agent. You're going to draft another guy um, unless an injury comes into play, which, I mean, it is possible, you know, when somebody ends up, you know. But they're, you know, now you're talking seventh or eighth guy, and that's going to be really difficult. Um, and a guy like, you know, and, and look, in Ratley, you know, had a solid game against the Los Angeles Chargers, put up a good statistical effort. Derek Willie's, you know, had one game where he put I mean, if these guys end up having decent preseasons, you're not really going to be able to stash them away. And this is where we talked about. Sometimes on Labor Day weekend, teams have to move on from players that they like and would love to keep. But if you just get too deep at a room, there's, you know, only enough seat, only enough seats for enough asses.
1: Jack, if you had a choice out of Willie's Jackson, Ratley or Lewis, who would you go with as that a- oh, Ratley's the obvious
2: choice of he's had more snaps than everyone else so um yeah i'd go Rattleys over the others but in all honesty i want to strengthen enough that he might fight for that sixth wide receiver spot and if someone gets injured he might sneak on i don't want to be going into next season thinking any of them players are other anything more than special teamers
1: jeff if i ask the same question to you who would you go with
0: um, Ratley, I just think, you know, the athletic profile is there and look, he has, you know, he has a working relationship with Baker, uh, you know, played together some of the preseason, uh, you know, obviously LA charge game, put we have a lot of good numbers, you know, Ratley had a couple of drops, um, just, you know, everything's there and, you know, obviously getting a talk to Damien Ratley a little bit, knowing the type of kid he is, um, you know, he's been, you know, active, he's been playing special teams. You don't hear a bad word out of him. He kind of understood this, you know, where he was drafted and said, look, you know, I understand I'm going to have to learn, you know, punt coverage. I'm going to have to learn kick coverage. This is going to be part of what it is until I get my chance to do my thing. So, I mean, you know, if, if it's going to be that guy, maybe it is. But, I mean, it could end up being a tough road because uh, it's going to be a deep, deep room.
2: So, on to free agents. We've got the draft coming up tomorrow, guys. We've got a fantastic guest that uh, we'll be chatting to. But free agency, we're not looking at exclusive rights free agents or restrictive free agents because – Who knows? Most of them guys will probably find out later. um, Nearer um, free agency are kept by their team, but guess first. Come on, Jeff. We know the name you're going to give us. Spit it out. Who do you want in free agency?
0: Well, this is what everybody tells me. You know, they talk about, oh, well, you need the big wide receiver for the red zone. Well, you got Rashard Perriman. You got Najoku. You got a Willie's on the roster. You've got a Damian Ratley on the roster. I, I want another Rashard Higgins. I want another guy, if he's open, he's going to catch the ball, and he's going to get you yards yards after this. And about a week and a half ago, it was the day Quincy Noon was signed his contract extension with the Jets. You know, I put on, it was a good move. You know, I thought Quincy Noon was a pretty solid available. And now Jamison Crowder's agent, who I talk with a lot, messaged me within like three seconds. He's like, whoa, why are you dissing my guy? And it took me a second. I was like, oh, wait, Ah, Jamison Crowder. So I went back, and I looked at Jamison Crowder's first four years in Washington. Um, it was a little bit dinged up this year, but nothing legs, you know, I mean, no knees, nothing you have to worry about there. It was you know, most wrist and shoulder, upper, upper body type of stuff. But this is a guy who can get it done. Uh, almost over 50 receptions every year in the league. Uh, you look at Higgins, there's a lot of yak to it. The right, uh, the, the routes are smart and clean and precise. We all know number six likes that. It, it just seems like he is a guy that fits in perfectly. I don't need that, you know, and everybody, you do not need the true number one. Baker does not need that. Baker is going to look at a play, assess it, snap the ball. And even though when they drew it up, you know, on the whiteboard before the game, he figured this guy and this guy should be the highlighted fe- you know, features on this play. But if he gets out there and sees something different, he's going to adjust on the fly and say, you know, I don't know what it seems like you two are the most valued players on this play, but now your options four and five. And so just get him as many, you know, as many you know, bullets, everyone be able to do what you were asked to do on any given play. That's where a guy like Jameson Crowder is going to come in and, uh, you know, whether it's seven touchdowns in one season, whether it was almost, I think, 800 yards one season, consistently over 50 receptions. I don't think we're ever going to see Baker Mayfield have a guy who has 100 receptions in a season. It's not going to happen. You're going to see 80, 70, 60, two in the 50s, a couple in the 30s. Baker's going to feed everybody.
2: Yeah, so just some numbers on Jameson Crowder. You know I'm a big fan of PFF, so he came in the 93rd wide receiver in PFF, which is solid. And then he's aged 25.5, so he's very young. You can I was actually
0: sho- I was actually shocked he was still that young because normally when you get to schools like Duke and Stanford, those kids stick around for the education. I was shocked he's not even 26 years old yet in his fourth year out of Duke.
2: Yeah, the the names I'm keeping an eye on. Um, even though he's going to be the big one, I don't think we're going to hit him, but. Keep an eye on for how much Tyra Williams goes for. Sixty-six rated wide receiver. Twenty. Ever since 80. we started,
0: ever since we started talking about him and what he's going to get, his he's game getting is Watkins
2: money. So sixteen million guys. That's what he's going for. If, if you ask me, the free agent I want to see that's probably going to hit free agency. He's the guy that I do not want to spend that money. So sort of the names I'm looking at. Um, you've got Philip Dorsett, sixty-fifth rated wide receiver, twenty-five Nine in age, you've got um Dante Moncrief, 88 wide receiver, 25.4 in age. I just want that solid person to add to the room, and it doesn't bother me if it's slightly more expensive. Because if you're thinking Jarvis Landry, probably a cut next year, that's 4.5 million next year, and suddenly you've got a very, very cheap wide receiver room again. So it doesn't matter if we pay slightly over the edge, and free agency, all players are a bit more expensive than they should be. Free wide receivers are probably the worst, so uh, just a little bit over, I'm okay with because it's short term and we'll clear it up next year.
1: What are you thinking, Paul? Somebody did well from in fantasy football. Uh, uh, Robin, uh, Robbie Anderson. Can do you think we can get him?
2: No, he's getting re-signed by the um, Jets. Um, He's got some off-field issues, but they're going to sign him up long-term. So, I, I would... He is peak Dorsey with his off-field issues. Um, but, yeah, he's getting re-signed, unfortunately. If he forces his way all the way there, I see him as someone Dorsey would target. But I, I just think he, he they're going to re-sign him. Darnold needs his weapons. Um, Jeff obviously knows that as sort of a... Uh, a little bit of a rooting interest in the Jets. So, uh
0: And I'll also also tell you, if Robbie Anderson got himself out out of the Jets, it would be to run to Florida, which is the biggest mistake he could ever make because every drop of trouble he gets into is in the state of Florida. So he should (laughs) probably get the hell out of there. But he is that guy who will run back to Florida. He would go to Miami or Tampa in a heartbeat.
2: But no, it it was a name that he had a really good end of the year. Um, But no, they're going to pay a lot of money to keep him whatever it takes in uh, New York.
1: Well, guys, thank you so much for your time, Jeff. If people aren't listening to your show, I don't know what the <laughs> hell they're listening to. <laughs> Jeff, you always have heavyweight guests on, but tell everyone where we can find your details.
0: Um, obviously, guys, I am the host of the Locked On Browns uh, Daily podcast for part of the Locked On Network. Um, and Paul and Jack, know I'm. Would you do this on a, a on a daily level? It takes a lot. I mean, you know, everybody, you know, every oh, hosting a podcast sounds like fun. Uh, but when you get yourself into a daily format, and it's you know you're trying to do five, six shows a, a week, I mean you, you're hustling. You got to put in a lot of work. You, you got to have some creativity to it. Obviously, Paul Brown, guys, uh, creative. There's there's a guy who fits in well with that word. Um, but you you got to find some way to mix it up, and you got to also you got to come consistently strong. You can't just put out some snoozer effort some days. So you know that's what we try to do. Uh, you know, uh, you know Pete Smith does you know uh, does the pregame and the postgame. Obviously, you know, we're gonna move on from that format a little bit, but you know pete is a pete brings a little bit of a lightning rod mentality which is fun we're able to you know get into you know some pff talk don was a great guest there um you know me for having been you know in this for almost five years now you know i have a rolodex of guys i can you know call and hopefully get on and you know whether it's a mark Schofield or you know guys like daniel Jeremiah and some guys in the nfl network over the years now who've been good to me so it's it, it's a it's fun to do it but b you just kind of want to switch things up and you know and like jack said here you know, we're kind of going through the same thing over there. You know, going through roster reviews here. You know, some free agency primers. You know, uh, obviously the draft draft talk will be less than it was last year. But there's still going to be a good amount of it. So Locked On Browns podcast, guys. Uh, you know, if you're looking for anything else daily. You know, if it's not Paul or Jack, you know, we got you covered over there as well.
1: Mate, Jeff, thank you very much for the time. And one thing we must do is go for a beer, hopefully at the Jets game next year. Just one? Okay. <laughs> Five.
0: <laughs> there we go. There we go. Sounds a little bit more better.
1: All right, Jeff, thank you so much again for your time. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show.
0: Good night, gentlemen and Jack. Have yourself a great birthday,
1: Thank you very much. There's change coming.
2: There's change coming. There's change coming.